Blog Talk Radio. Barbara Wesley Gray speaking to you live from Brooklyn, New York, April 30th, 2017 at 4 p.m. on your dial. Again, I'm going to thank you so much for tuning in with us uh, this afternoon. This is a special afternoon. It happens to be the day of celebrating our mothers, Mother's Day. Yes, indeed. I'm always mindful of the fact that, indeed, if it wasn't for my dear mother, that I would not be here speaking with you now. I would not be here with using the, the uh, intelligence, the common sense, all of the attributes that are positive as a result of my mother. And I'm sure that many of you who are listening with us share those same sentiments. Uh, we cannot give her enough praise next to the one most high. But as always, before we start the show, I'd like to start off by acknowledging the most high, the ancestors, our uh, deities, the angels, the guardians, the Eurishas, all of those entities that we hold dear to us on a spiritual platform in terms of us giving us guidance and protection. I would like to also uh, thank my wife, my dear, lovely Dr. Dora Gray, who um, is not with us at this moment, but I want to thank her for she has been a mother to many uh, as a teacher, as a queen mother, as a guidance, as a life coach, as one who has facilitated the needs of many from a position of being a devoted mother, uh, one who has good insight, connection with the spiritual most high energy, as it were, and being able to be a, a facilitator to help those of us who are in need to grow and to be on purpose. Uh, as I indicated uh, in, in my introduction, uh, actually through my Facebook uh, medium and, and other uh, social networks, that today we will be discussing uh, a book by the author named Gary Zukav, uh, a New York Times bestseller, number one bestseller more than a couple of times. Uh, many of you may have first been introduced to him by him being the author of um, The Dancing Wulai Masters, which basically was an overview of the new physics um, that 
became known uh, during the, uh, the late 70s in terms of being able to break it down in layman's terms so that one could become aware of the, the nuances of physics as, opposed, as, as related to um, cosmology and spiritual astral um, projections, as it were, and anything within the spiritual realm, realm rather, that can be defined on a physical realm in terms of empirical knowledge. Then he became known, uh, this was back in 1989, for a bestseller book, which is the book that actually uh, prompted me to go to the bookstore and purchase. I knew about the, the Wiley uh, Masters uh, from a roommate of mine when I was in college, but I never really purchased the book until he came out with The Seat of the Soul. And basically, The Seat of the Soul led the way to seeing the alignment of the personality and the soul and thusly being able to reach a, a level of fulfillment of life uh, as captured in the imaginations of millions who read that book. Um, he has been on Oprah Winfrey's show several times. As a matter of fact, that's the first time I ever saw him uh, as a person. And um, he was a former Green Beret. Um, he, was, he was a warrior, actually, and, and engaged in combat, and then had a revelation that his purpose in life was not about to destroy life and take life, but to um, maintain uh, life, as it were, and, and to inspire people, those of us who read his books and, and met him, to indeed hold life to be sacred. Uh, so that resonated with me because of my background, and uh, I am a interfaith minister, uh, Reiki healer, and uh, one who is a uh, very much um, proponent of the African drum. I'm an African and jazz drummer, but I concentrate more with the African drum because I know that that is a, an essential part that has uh, been taken away from us as a culture, people of African descent throughout the African diaspora. I do promote the drum as being a mainstay in the African family that indeed every African, every family of African descent should have a drum, uh, along with your piano and whatever other instrument that you have displayed, or if not played, uh, that they should be a designated drummer and a, a drum ritual performed for any significant event that happens within our household, uh, from the beginning of, of life with the birth of a newborn, a soul re-entering this earth plane, this earth school, to a soul who departs from this earth school, uh, there should be a ceremonial drum or drumming ritual performed. And birthdays, weddings, any type of ceremony, we should celebrate it with the drum. And then, of course, also the drum provides us with the opportunity to speak about our story, not the history, but our story, to deal within the spiritual realms of understanding who we are as a people and who we are as humanity, because I always share when I do uh, speeches and presentations about the drum, that in indeed the first drum, the first rhythm that we hear is our mother's heartbeat. Thus, indeed, that segues into the day as Mother's Day. You know, the first sound that we hear before we're even born is the beat of our mother's heart. So that's why it really resonates with us whenever we hear the sound of a drum, you know, there is something that is released within our psyche, within our spirit, that makes us feel better. 
because it reminds us of the first sounds that we heard uh, as we were becoming humans, as it were, and about to bring our soul experience back into this earth school experience. And we'll talk about that more further, those of you who may not understand what I'm, I'm, I'm referring to, uh, even may not believe. But indeed, of course, uh, everyone's entitled to their own belief, to their own uh, interpretation of this reality that we call life. And without any further ado, what I'd like to do is delve into this book titled Spiritual Partnership, The Journey to Authentic Power by Mr. Gary Zukav. I'm going to turn to the chapter that concentrates on families. He states that no relationships offer more possibilities for spiritual growth than relationships between children and parents. They are the most intense and far-reaching relationships, the most sustainable, and the most impactful. They are also far more complex, deep, and powerful than they appear to the five-century perceptions. Interactions between souls that are parents and souls that are children begin prior to birth and continue after death. For example, when the soul of a child leaves their school before the souls of its parents, for example, the child dies at birth or is killed in an accident or is uh, soldiered, uh, as a soldier interactions between them continue, whether your family experiences were gentle or brutal, interactions between you, your parents, and your siblings, if you have any, serve the healing of all involved. In one family, a mother may be dominating, frightened, and another, peak and submissive, frightened. In one family, the father may be able to show his love only through his financial support for the family, again, frightened. And in another, be an abusive alcoholic father, again, frightened. No family is without pain because no family members are without frightened parts of the personality. He also calls those frightened parts uh, in the book of, in the seat of the soul, splinted personalities. Those personalities, splinted souls rather, those souls which are splintered. And uh, Gary Zukav, he postulates that indeed the reason why we keep coming back time and time again in, in each incarnation is to heal that part of the soul that needs to be healed. And, and, and the part of that soul that needs to be healed is assisted by those of, uh, who are the parents that we choose. Even we choose old siblings. We, we have a partnership with all of them to assist us in that healing process. Sometimes we are very fortunate and blessed to have the parents and siblings and immediate family members who really uh, are able to, through their advance and their growth, spiritually able to assist us in this one lifetime in a tremendous uh, manner and in a tremendous aspect, then sometimes we have those who don't have that particular quality of that advancement. And what they do, though, they do assist us on, and, and everything being in divine order as much as needed for us to really be able to live out our purpose. One of the main things that we have to do, though, is challenge ourselves. And that is for us to do what we know is right for ourselves and to ourselves and not to uh, be, uh, should I say, unfaithful, not to be um, 
short to shorthand ourselves in terms of our our value and worth. Many of us do that, and a lot of times we do that because of the fact that indeed we may follow the path of uh, in, in trying to deal with our frightenedness and fear by uh, drinking alcohol or other drugs, by getting addicted to certain things so that we can ease the pain. But we find out, though, that indeed that doesn't help us. So uh, I'd like to just for a moment take a break and, and, and continue in this chapter titled Families. And I'm so happy, again, that you've joined us this afternoon. And please stay tuned. back and thanks again for holding on. We're going to be continuing rather, with uh, Gary Zukov's book titled Spiritual Partnerships. Again, my name is Baba Wesley Gray. I come to you with love and, and, and appreciation and gratitude. I must also add that uh, we have a website. Uh, the name of that website is drumsofchange.com. Again, that's drumsofchange.com. And at that site, I have a bookstore and a drum store, and you'll be able to purchase all the books that I review, such as Spiritual Partnerships by Gary Zukav, even have The Seed of the Soul and, and a couple other books authored by him. And by all means, you'll be, able, you'll be able to purchase a drum, an African drum particularly, some starting at the price of $29, including shipping, upwards to a couple of hundred dollars. But they're quality drums, made in countries in uh, West Africa, such as uh, Ghana, Senegal, Nigeria, and I hope that you will definitely spread the word about that. So without any further ado, let me proceed again with the chapter titled Families by Gary Zukov in his book, Spiritual Partnership. He goes on to say, whether your family experiences were gentle or beautiful, interactions between you, your parents, and your siblings, if you have any, Serve the healing of all involved. In one family, a, a mother may be dominating, which also in, can be interpreted as being frightened by her being dominating. In another, she may, you may have a meek parent and submissive one, and also they're frightened. In one family, the father may be able to show his love only through his financial support of the family. Again, frightened. And in another, may be an abusive, an alcoholic father, again, frightened, or taking drugs, or whatever they may be, on whatever level. 
So we find that today we have quite a few families there's been an uptick, uptick in, um, in drug abuse, especially in certain communities which at one time didn't have that problem. And, and it's more preponderance amongst teenagers. Uh, and when you just mix that together with parents and teenagers being frightened in the family, then it's really a challenge for one to be able to develop spiritual partnerships. And, of course, one should rely on one's spiritual uh, a home, as it were, whatever church, mosque, temple that you're a member of, um, whatever collective, spiritual collective group that you're involved with, then it becomes very important. It becomes incumbent upon you to indeed uh, choose diligently, vet those entities, and making sure that they're in alignment or congruent with your particular journey and your growth um, uh, trajectory in this spiritual um, path that you're on in this lifetime and in this earth school. Um, so, indeed, the influence of parents on children and of children on parents and the love between them cannot be overstated. That love is the bond that brings souls into a family and it predates the personalities involved and continues after they leave the earth school. Even in families where a parent is so brutal and disconnected, quote-unquote, uh, uh, frightened, that his or her departure is a relief rather than a sorrow, there remains a longing to continue the relationship. This is not merely because of the dependence interpreted as fear. It is an experience of the love that connects each family member and pervades his or her experiences no matter how painful and beautiful they may be. When a child is adopted, even at birth, she enters into another family dynamic that also serves her spiritual growth. But the influence of her birth family continues to affect her and be felt. The parents will never forget their child, although they may believe that they have. The connection between them cannot be broken. And eventually one will begin to think of the other, does he think of me? Would he want to see me again? Is she a professor, a home wife, lost in drugs? Oh, I hope not. What does my daughter look like? What kind of person is my mother? I think I know. These are the kinds of thoughts that emerge and re-emerge in a separated parents and children. No matter how long they have been apart, they are experiences of the indestructible bond between them that continues even as new circumstances unfold and when new families are involved, interweave with those with new family experiences. During my last year in college, uh, Gary says, a girl that I was seeing became pregnant. Although we were confused and frightened, we both knew that we were not able to raise a child. Our daughter was born while I was in the Army and she was adopted at birth. For several years, I did not think about her. In fact, I discovered later that my reason for enlisting in the Army was to avoid facing the very things that frightened me the most. Eventually, I began to wonder where she was, what she was doing, and if she was well and happy. I continued to wonder about her for years. My daughter is 13 now, this year, and I would think my daughter is 19 this year. 
this year she was 23, actually. What is she doing now? Is she happy? And when the Dance and Wu Lee Masters was published, I fantasized that she might recognize my name and contact me. More years passed. I found her mother. She also did not know anything about our daughter except the name of the hospital where she was born. Laws separating birth parents from their adopted children are omnipresent and omnipresent and ineffective in that time. At last, I found a kind person who helped reconnect biological parents with their children. I gave her the little information that I had, and months later, she called to tell me that she had located my daughter. I couldn't move or breathe when I heard that. I could barely answer her. I was filled with fear of the information I had sought so long. I wrote down the address and phone number she gave me, thanked her, and remained motionless at my desk. I thought I would be thrilled, but I was terrified. I couldn't pick up the telephone again. I looked at the information in my hand again and again for weeks, thinking of what I would do with it. Should I call? What if she didn't want to see me? What if she was angry? How could she not be? And worst of all, what if she wouldn't talk to me? What if I would never know if my daughter was happy, if she had been treated well, if she was married? That thought suddenly jolted me. What if she had children? In retrospect, it, seemed, it seems impossible that it had not occurred to me that those thoughts before, but the possibility that my daughter had children filled me with wonder and then with fear that I might not be able to see them. I spent weeks gathering my courage and preparing to call her. I imagined every reaction that she might have, rage, fear, curiosity, acceptance, would she uh, angrily hang up, disdain me, or be relieved. When I called her, she was startled. But she spoke with me at once and continued to speak with me. She told me of her life and her family. She had a daughter. And as she spoke, I felt an experience beyond any joy I had felt. It seemed to me that my daughter wanted to share herself with me. Whatever she was feeling, I was filled with awe and gratitude. We made plans to speak again and said goodbye. I could not move or think. Emotions that I had not recognized or distinguished at the time filled me, and I loved them all. They were so deep and meaningful, so rich and comforting. My daughter was well. My daughter was well. My daughter was loved. I cried and laughed at these wondrous things. Then fear returned. Would she speak with me again? What if she changed her mind? Each new thought of fear plunged me into pain again. And so began the recommencement of one of the most meaningful stories of my life one that I had sought to push away from my thoughts and ignore as though it had not happened. It had happened. It was happening. And now, 27 years later, I stepped back into it as consciously as I could. It is still happening. And every year, my gratitude for the universe, for my life, and for my daughter deepens. I am still amazed that someone as angry and uncaring as I could feel such strong and loving emotions for my daughter given up for adoption so many years ago. Our story is not unlike millions of others of the pain of an abortion, 
that reemerges years later from staggering, with staggering intensity or never felt, the excruciating longing for a child giving away, or the prolonged pain of marrying out of fear in order to provide a child a home. Parents and children are affected by one another, not only in these dramatic ways, as we become multi-sensory, we see that all of our interactions with our parents and our children are substantive, substantive and deep. Frightened parts of our personalities of our parents affect us, and frightened parts of our personalities affect our children. Parents fill their children as well as love them. Every father needs to be admired by his son, to be worthy of his respect, wonders if he will be, and fears that he will not. Every mother needs to be loved, needs to be loved by her daughter, to model goodness and health, wonders if she will be, and fears in her hidden places, frightened parts of her personality that she will not. The frightened parts of the personality of every parent needs the approval of his or her child or children. In no, no other kind of relationship are you challenged more often and deeply and offered opportunities to create authentic power more frequently and persistently than in your family. Your family is your homeroom in your school. All that you learn in other classrooms relate or weave back into your experiences with your family. Throughout your journey through the earth school, your interactions with your family shape and pervade your experiences. You might see in yourself, for example, your father's temper, disdain, gentleness, or inferiority, or your mother's need to control or please, her inferiority or her superiority. Frightened parts of their personalities appear as parts of, our, of your own. For example, I once heard my father's voice coming from my mouth with exactly the intonation that I disliked intensely about him. I wanted to rip it out of me. I didn't know how. The more frightened I became, the more like my father I sounded. Since I didn't understand the time, what a, at that time what a frightened part of the personality is or how to recognize it, I didn't know how to challenge it. I thought it was the way I am the unchangeable ground of my being that destined me to be like my father in the same way that genes and chromosomes destined me to have my physical his physical characteristics. And I continued to hear and abhor my father's voice in my own. The physical characteristics that children acquire from their parents, a smile, a way of laughing, body shape, artistic or musical ability, intellectual agility, and that their parents acquired in turn from their parents and so on are transmitted genetically. The frightened parts of the personality have a deeper origin than genes, chromosomes, or environment. They are aspects of the soul that the soul desires to heal through the choices of its personality. Their origin is not physical. In other words, you did not inherit them from your parents and interactions from your parents did not create them. You entered the earth school with them, and interactions with your family activated and, and, and activate them. Please hold on for a minute. We're going to take a short pause, and we'll be back with you momentarily.
Okay, we're back, and I'm going to thank you for holding on. We're actually at the end of the show, and I'm going to thank all of you for tuning in, and we're going to continue with this next week, uh, next Sunday at 1 o'clock, and continue with the uh, review of the Spiritual Partnership by Gary Zukov. As always, we're going to end by giving thanks to the One Most High, to our ancestors, to our guardians, to our Eurysians, to the angels and those entities that constantly guide us and protect us and give us direction for our life's purpose. So, again, thank you so much. Peace and love. Namaste. Hetapu. Shalom. Assalamu alaikum. And we will see you next week. <laughs>